0: Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Where to begin? So, I'm glad I always wait a day. Well, usually at least wait a day, unless I need to completely unleash. But I wait a day because I want to get more information about the game. Um, Obviously, instant reaction after that game yesterday was Carson Wentz is arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL. And again, I'm not necessarily going to come on here and say yesterday was not Carson Wentz's fault. It clearly was. But I do want to go over, this is an organizational failure by the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, our offense is atrocious. Atrocious. And yes, it starts with 11 11 has regressed at a level that I can't even believe. Again, I I remember last season. I remember seeing him last season, seeing him be a bag of nerves too many times. Too many times he was a bag of nerves in big moments. If you look back, you remember the Tennessee game, the Carolina game, the Dallas game, both Dallas games, where for the first three quarters of that last one um, where he was just completely out of sorts and that to me i had thought was going to be the worst game he ever played i thought the new orleans game last year might be the worst game he ever played this was the worst game he ever played because this game was entirely winnable um seattle was in a way what i thought they were quarterback's really good makes everybody better around him defense is eh and they're Best defense lineman didn't play. Jadeveon Clowney was on the bench. Now, I do want to talk about the team, though, in general. Because last week I went on my rant about Wentz. Um, he, he is regressing, like I said, at a scary level. But I want to go through the whole team in general. So, you know, if you do start with the quarterback, yes, he's been a failure this year. That's evident. I mean, it, it's gotten to the point where, did he fleece the Eagles? Right? I mean... He had those great, what was it, 13 games? Well, 12 and a half games in 2017 where he made us believe he was an MVP caliber player. And like I've said numerous times, if you win a championship and you are not a part of it, that means something. We wanted to give him the MVP. Well, guess what? We won the title without him, so clearly he was not the MVP. Most Valuable Player means... If I take you away from your team, your team will not succeed, right? So he was not the MVP. I've actually come, I've trapped myself into saying he would have probably won the MVP award, and I guess he probably would have, but we found out that he really was not the MVP of the team, or of the league. Heck, he wasn't the MVP of the team. We won the Super Bowl when he was on the bench. Then last season, he comes back and he plays, and he's hurt early with the back, you know, he's coming off his knee. So like I said, I, I gave him a lot of a pass for last season. Uh, a majority of what he did was a pass. But what I did notice and what I did learn last year is that he is a bag of nerves. When it comes down to crunch time and big plays and, and here we are, we, we were 20 yards away from winning games like it was with Tennessee and like it was with Carolina, he choked and failed. That's, that's not me making it up. That's what happened. That Tennessee game, we had two chances to score touchdowns to win the game at the end of regulation, and in overtime, and he failed. And he failed in, in magnificent form by being completely and wildly inaccurate. And then in the Carolina game, inside the 20 chance to win, and he, bag of nerves again, and he was wildly and completely inaccurate. So yesterday, when I'm watching him, it, it, it reminded me of what I'd seen in Atlanta, when he was wildly inaccurate, when we had a chance to win the game. But yesterday was the first time where I've seen it take over the entire game. And I know the whole thing is that Peterson's trying to say he's pressing, but that's concerning if he's pressing at a level like this. Great players don't press. They don't need to press. They trust themselves. He clearly doesn't trust himself. He's lacking confidence at, at a level that is downright frightening for what he's being paid. I, I, I'm i not sure what the answer is. I mean, I do remember in, and again, here, I'll be honest. I'm watching that game yesterday. I wanted him to come out. I'm not wishing that he was hurt by any stretch. You never wish injury on any player, but when he went into the locker room there at the end of the third quarter, that was the first time I had hoped that we could win the game. The score was 10-3. 10-3. We were down by seven points. I had no hope we were going to win the game if he was going to continue playing quarterback. He went into the tunnel, and I got excited because I thought the backup gave us a better chance to win. Now, I get it. You don't want to bench Carson Wentz for 40-year-old Josh McCown. What message does that send? Well, it's funny because I remember 2008. I remember 2008 very well. And Donovan McNabb, at the time, was our franchise quarterback. And we had just tied the Bengals. Remember the whole infamous Donovan comment where, you know, he didn't know a game could end in a tie. Well, the Bengals were terrible. We tied them. Then we were playing Baltimore, and he proceeded to have one of the worst first halves of his career. I think his like QB rating was like six. Um, he had thrown two interceptions, I remember, and in the second half, he did not play. He was benched for Kevin Cobb. It didn't work. We got killed. But Andy Reid sent a message. He benched Donovan McNabb. He didn't bench him permanently because next week, and again, I know you could argue, well, if Kevin Cobb had played really well in that second half, maybe he doesn't go back in, but that what it didn't happen. And you don't know that. We don't know what message Andy was trying to send. Because the message he did send was, the next week, Donovan came in, we played Arizona on a Thursday night, it was Thanksgiving night, and we beat them by, like, 70 and Donovan played incredible. The team went 4-1 and one the rest of the year. We made the playoffs. We won two road playoff games and lost a freaking heartbreaker to the Cardinals. And hell, almost won the Super Bowl. What ended up 9-6-1. and one. He benched him, sent a message to the entire team that nobody is above anybody else. If you are not performing, you can come out. He lit a fire on the team, and it worked perfectly. Carson Wentz is, is right now so far up in his head, I don't know if he can even see at this point. He's not reading defense properly. And, and again, with this game yesterday, yes, I have seen the Dan Orlovsky video. I saw the Bryce Treggs tweet of the play with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, the fourth down play. And at the time, yes, I was fired up because I thought, my God, did he just throw one of the worst passes on fourth down, you know, to keep us, and it was not his fault. That's why I like waiting and processing information and, and, and seeing what I'm supposed to see. That was not his fault. The third and short play where Greg Ward ran seven yards, at the time, I actually, I saw that on the field. I thought, man, Ward actually ran that route a little too far, went through it where he was supposed to throw it. And then... The play with the slant in the first quarter, when we—the only time we had scored before the end of the game—when that garbage touchdown, um where white Whiteside didn't run the slant route properly and he turned it upfield a little bit and gave Flowers an opportunity to to defend the ball. I get it. There was a couple examples where the wide receivers let Wentz down. Absolutely, I've said it numerous times. We're not stupid. He's not playing with a loaded deck here. I get it. It's it's not a full deck, but. I, and I know I saw the interception. I, I've seen the Fran Duffy video, where in a way he's he's putting out plays that defend Wentz. And I know the protection yesterday for him was horrible. The offensive line was god awful. They were god awful, so awful in fact that they benched Andre Dillard. And I know he was he was kind of giving plays away with his with the position of his feet, showing that it was a runner or a pass. Obviously the defense keyed in on that, which you know any good defense will, and hey, hell, any NFL team will. It's a shock to me that Jeff Stoutland did not key on it. And it, it took till halftime for him to come out of the game. But, I mean, it, Carson had opportunities. You know, the, the Zacherts play on the third down on the opening drive. That's a horrible throw. And I know he got pressure on the interception to Goddard, but that's a horrible throw. the The Matthews interception in the fourth quarter where he threw the ball to Jordan Matthews, who I know was released today. Go figure Jordan Matthews wasn't the answer. Oh no, who, who could have thought that? Um, but that was a horrible throw. He was confused on that play, by the way. He thought that was covered too because he threw that play later in the game to Artega Whiteside um, on that garbage touchdown drive that we got at the end of the game. And it hit because he read the defense correctly. But on this one, he did not. He thought it was covered too. And Trey Flowers stayed with Jordan Matthews and intercepted the ball and it was a bad pass. That's one where you got to put it in the bucket. And he threw a freaking beamer at him. And by the way on that same play if he's reading his cues Greg Ward was running wide open he's still running if he throws him the ball. I mean it, this isn't breaking news on Carson Wentz. He, I don't know what he is. I don't I don't I do I know he's not an elite player. I've been saying that all season. He's just not an elite football player. That's it. He's wildly inaccurate. If you're going to be a quarterback and play at the highest level, you have to be accurate. He's not accurate. He's never been accurate. Even the year that he was going to win, like I said, that fake MVP, he was inaccurate still. He, his completion percentage was, I believe, 60%. But he was such a good athlete. He made plays with his legs, he, he extended plays. He had great pocket awareness that year. He had other factors to make up for his lack of accuracy. That's not happening anymore. He has no pocket awareness now. So now he's an inaccurate quarterback who doesn't recognize pressure and is getting, you know, hit when he shouldn't be getting hit. And again, I know you could tell me well, the offensive lines failing him. Yes, they are. They're not helping him either. He's not getting a lot of help, but when you're a great player, you're able to help the team. He's not helping the team at all. The team's bad, so he's bad. You know, I I, I that's an elite player's can help mask a lot of problems for teams. Like Russell Wilson didn't have an offensive line for three years. They were winning 10 games still every season because of how good he was. He was able to mask their problems. This guy can't do it. And we paid him top money because for one season when the team was elite, he looked good. Could be fool's gold. I mean, clearly, I, I don't believe we have to. We should bench him permanently because, I mean, really, at this point, what are you going to do? You're going to put McCown in? He's 40. McCown clearly is not going to be here next year he's going to retire. He was retired before we got him. And again, with the amount you've invested in him, you got to try to fix him. How do you fix him? Starts with coaching. The coaching's horrible. Obviously that's across the board. Every which position press Taylor is not a good quarterbacks coach. You know how I know that Carson Wentz is worse. Carson Walsh is a horrible wide receivers coach. You know how I know that every wide receiver has gotten worse. Now let's talk about it. Let's let's go to running backs. Are the running backs exceeding expectations this year on this team? Jordan Howard, yes, but of course he's hurt. That sucks. Miles Sanders, yeah, Miles Sanders has actually been a very big surprise. He, he's he's really good. So Ducestale, yeah, he's doing a good job, I guess, because the running backs have actually been the only position right now that I could think of that have lived up or exceeded expectations this season. Let's go to wide receiver Jeffrey. Huge disappointment. 29, 29, and he just, he looks like he's got nothing left. I'm a big Alshon Jeffrey fan. We won a Super Bowl because of Alshon Jeffrey. He was incredible. He played his best games in the biggest moments. But Alshon Jeffrey is a shell of himself right now, and I don't know, like I said, if it's because he's hurt, I hope that's the only reason. I mean, Deshaun was going to look like he was going to have this huge year. His ab muscle blows up. See what he's done. He's still our third leading receiver. He played literally one game. But let's look across other guys, like Nelson Aguilar, regressed, horrible, gone. He won't be an Eagle next year. Matt Collins, regressed. I mean, really, as a rookie, I remember the first preseason game when he had that touchdown against Green Bay, and you're like, wow, man, maybe the Eagles found somebody, finally found somebody in the NFL draft at wide receiver. Nope, can't play, can't catch, doesn't get the ball, doesn't get open. Runs good routes, though. J.J. Arthago whiteside you know, the thing about Whiteside was he's going to win 50-50 balls. He's not the best athlete, but he catches everything, and that was proven false in the Detroit game. Um, it was proven false in the Atlanta game because, you know, he he didn't know the playbook. That's concerning. This guy went to Stanford. He didn't know the plays. And yesterday I'm watching him where, that, like I said, that play where, you know, the fourth and two play where he's supposed to settle and he doesn't settle. He jumps outside and ends up being incomplete, and it looked like it was Wentz's fault, but it was really his fault. I, I mean— To me, that's more coaching. That's a coaching issue. And I'm hoping that Mike Rowe finally recognizes it because, I mean, he's absolutely going to be fired. So if he wants any chance to save his job, he should be just saying, you know what, Carson Walsh, sit down. I'll be the wide receivers coach and the offense coordinator. I'll put on two hats because these wide receivers are terrible. They're terrible. They're making this offense terrible. Greg Ward, Greg Ward has exceeded expectations, played one game. He was already our best receiver on the field yesterday. It wasn't even close. was not close. He was the best wide receiver on the field. He caught the ball. That's how I know he was the best receiver on the field. He didn't drop the football. Think about that. He was on our practice squad. Why was he on our practice squad? Um, That's right, because he was in a draft pick, and Howie Roseman has this weird obsession that if you were drafted, you need to be prioritized over the people that weren't. He doesn't care what you put on film or what you put on the field when the games actually count and the games actually matter. It only matters where you were picked. So you have more rights because you were picked higher, which is the stupidest logic I've ever, ever encountered. Hence why he's an absolutely god-awful general manager. And he absolutely sucks at identifying talent. Tight ends? Ertz, Ertz is Ertz. I mean, Ertz is a great player, great tight end. Ertz is not dipped. Shockingly, he he's he's kept his performance up. Uh, Dallas Goddard regressed big time. Fumbles the ball. We have to talk about the best part was I, I'm I'm conversating with people today, and then, you know the conversation is, oh Dallas Goddard fumbled again. That was a phrase said to me again. Yeah, the backup tight end fumbled the football again. Let that sink in. The backup tight end fumbled the football again. He couldn't catch the football last week against New England. Now he's fumbling it again. Thought he could be the best tight end in the NFL. I was wrong. Offensive line. Peters. Peters is, you know, he's getting bull rushed yesterday by Ziggy Ansah. I mean, that's not good. I know he's coming off the leg injury. We needed him to play at all costs because, you know, Lane Johnson wasn't going to play. But Peters is 38 years old. I didn't. I don't expect much more from Jason Peters. I mean, he he's out there giving it his all. I mean, he he's an older player. What do you think? Eventually, the time comes. Isaac Siemalo thought he'd take a step. He didn't. He is what he is. He's average. He has good moments. He has horrific moments. He has scary moments. He was bad yesterday. Jason Kelsey. I think he's underperformed this year. I think he's he's taken a step back. He has not played to the level he has the last two seasons. That's obvious. Brandon Brooks. You know, people want to get on Brandon Brooks because, you know, he, he had to come out yesterday. Brandon Brooks, to me, is is the only big success on offense, really, this year. It's unbelievable what he's done. And the mental fight that he puts up with that he's able to come out and, and just own up to why he couldn't play yesterday. I mean, I salute that guy. He's a winner. I want everybody to be like a Brandon Brooks. He is a fighter. So, yes, he's been way over-exceeding expectations this season. And Lane Johnson, Lane Johnson's Lane Johnson. I think he stayed just where he is. He's an all-pro. Him not playing yesterday, obviously, was crucial. I was impressed with Matt Pryor, even though he got the one holding call. I thought for his first game action, he played pretty good. He definitely did not expect to play at all. I mean, it took two linemen going out, and there he is in the game. Dillard, too. That was bad. That was horrible. I know he's not a right tackle, but, I mean... Dude was getting bull rushed all game. Had to be benched. Think it's a good sign that they had to bench the uh, the, the tackle, the first round pick, all because he was, wasn't used to playing right tackle? What, he's not used to blocking still? I get your techniques are a little different, but man, you got to be a football player, son. We need you. You're there because we need you. You know why we're there? Because Big V had to play right tackle. I don't want to see Big V play football anymore. I'm thankful he we won a Super Bowl with him at left tackle. But my God, he has he's he's the Sidney Jones of the offense. The one positive is he wasn't a second-round pick. He was a fifth-round pick. But he is the Sidney Jones of the offense. I'm done. I don't want to see Big v, Big v play football anymore. Go through the defense. Brandon Graham? Yeah, Brandon Graham is the, the player I thought he is. Defense playing good now. Fletcher Cox is now back to the all-pro. That key is, which he knew eventually would happen. Go Figure it happened, and all of a sudden the defense started playing fantastic. The defensive tackles I mean, Rush looks like he's going to end up being a steal for us. He looks like he could play football a little bit. Jernigan, he's you know, when he's healthy, I guess he helps. Huggins, all right, that's the defensive tackles. Derek Barnett, meh. I mean, Derek Barnett is, in my opinion, a bust. And I know it's he's playing, and he's not what we'd hoped he would be, he's not a game wrecker. I mean, he still collapses at a rate that blows my mind on any you know motion. I mean, he gets backdoored all day. They backdoored him again a couple times yesterday. You run any type of reverse or any type of motion his way, he's just going to collapse to the to the quarterback. That's what he does. Teams should know this. They they could run pitches. They ran a pitch yesterday, Seattle, a run play pitch where they just had the line flow right. And, he, and Wilson just straight up pitched the ball. They left Barnett unblocked because they knew he was going to collapse. And they were right. It worked. First down. Linebackers, Gary, yeah. Gary's a little bit better than I thought he was. I thought he stunk after the Dallas game. He was a zero, but he's he's improved a lot. He had the missed tackle against the Patriots, I know. But for the most part, way better than I thought. Kamu Grugier-Hill is getting better and better each week. Missed a sack yesterday he probably should have had on Wilson. But, I mean, he's coming off a knee injury. I mean, I, I again, guy's knee got an MCL sprain early in the year in training camp. He was out till week four. Bradham, I mean, Bradham's been a non-factor. So, I mean, it, he was a non-factor last year. He's becoming a non-factor this year. The secondary, uh, Mills, obviously, has played way better. Yesterday, he got very fortunate. They beat him deep a couple times. DK Metcalf has to catch the football. I mean, he got beat deep on the Tyler Lockett pay. I mean, it was better coverage, but I mean, it was a great throw, but, and I think Lockett did offensively interfere him, but he was still beat there. He was getting beat deep again. Um, Ronald Darby, coming off an injury. I mean, <laughs> Ronald Darby, I mean, he's got moments. He's had moments this year where he looked good. I mean, it's 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 clear that him, Darby, and Mills are the two best corners on the team. That, I will say, That they have proven that. It's not even debatable. Avante Maddox. I thought Avante Maddox could be a real special player. He's all right. Playing that slot, he's all right. You know, Rodney McLeod's been fantastic this year. And I know, I, and again, I hope we lock him up. I'd lock him up now. And then Malcolm Jenkins, who I know a lot of people thought played good yesterday in a couple sacks, but I thought Malcolm Jenkins, you know, he missed two easy plays in that game. The penny touchdown, I mean, Malcolm's got to make that play. He had a shot, you know. He took a block on, and he, he it was just a lazy effort, I thought. He Missed another play on a third down that would have got us off the field. Carson cut back on him got a first down. Just not used to seeing Malcolm Jenkins not make those plays. I mean, I thought he played well in the spiral, for sure. I mean, he's not the reason. Again, the defense, the defense right now has found itself, and I knew once Fletcher Cox found himself, the defense would improve. And yeah, it's improved greatly. And yes, it helps that Mills and Darby came back, so they started getting players and they started getting better. And Jim Schwartz deserves a ton of credit. I mean, the the, the, the disappointments on this team are all on the offensive side. Yes, I'm disappointed in in Rasul Douglas. Obviously, Sidney Zero Jones, he's horrible. So yeah, we we had some guys identified on defense that aren't football players. But on offense, we've had a lot more. It's a ton of regression. I mean, really, if you told me Tom Brady and Russell Wilson were going to have the games they had back-to-back weeks, one, that's a great sign for our defense. They played really well. Two, I'd be like, they scored 34 combined points? We lost both games. And we lost them in a way where I, I know the New England game was... was competitive, but it felt like when we were down seven, that we were down 40. And yesterday we were down seven and it felt like we were down 40. That's not good. That's not football. I feel like we're down 40 points down seven. We're supposed to have an MVP guy quarterback. He's not. I mean, the coaches are, I mean, Doug Peterson, I wouldn't. I know a lot of people want to quit on Doug Peterson. I don't think I'd quit on Doug Peterson, but I do believe on that offensive side, guys need to come in from out of the building. Press Taylor's got to go. Carson Walsh has to go. And maybe Mike Groh just goes back to being the wide receiver's coach, didn't work as an offensive coordinator. Because I, I don't see Mike Gro getting an offensive coordinator's job. It's not like you're, this is going to be, this demotion is something he could fight. He was really good at wide receivers coach. We won a Super Bowl with him being the wide receivers coach. The wide receivers overachieved when he was the wide receivers coach. Give that guy, this whole grow gotta go. It's not grow gotta go. Grow just gotta go out of being the offensive coordinator. And again, I I can't judge the offense so much when, you know, the offensive line's playing poor. Jeff Stoutland, hello. What's going on, man? I know we, we, we talk so highly about Jeff Stoutland, but this year it, I ain't talking high about Jeff Stoutland at all. Like I said, Andre Dillard was given a tell to the defense for the whole entire first half that they didn't catch up on. We play Miami, New York twice, Washington, and Dallas. This, that's the end of the year. Playing Miami this week. Is this a sure thing? Absolutely not. I know people want to think, all right, we're going to figure it out here. We'll win these games. We'll have the Dallas game to win the division, blah, blah, blah. Hey, ideally, I hope you're right. We're playing a bunch of two-win teams here. We should do that. That offense is so broken, though, I don't know if we could score. I mean, what gives you any faith that we can score? Other than the, you're going to tell me, well, the Dolphins are a train wreck. Yeah, you're right, they are. Seattle didn't play much better defense yesterday. I mean, I, I wasn't impressed with what Seattle put on the field defensively. I mean, Trey Flowers is a good player, yeah. I mean, we made Ziggy Ansah look like you know he was Reggie White. I mean, Jaron Reed went out of the game. We didn't run the ball. That's coaching too. We ran the ball pretty well. I thought Miles Sanders ran the ball great. I thought he had a great game. I I, I don't know the solution, but I will tell you this though: if Carson Wentz is is playing like this next week, they cannot be afraid to take him out of the game. Again, you got to. If the season's still in front of us, which it is, you cannot be afraid to bench him. I don't want to bench him because I think you got to try to fix him. But you can't sacrifice the season because of one guy. So yes, start Carson Wentz. I don't want to see him coming out of the game. I hope he doesn't play to this level, but if he does, you've got to pull him out. And then it depends if if McCown, who, by the way, it's going to be pretty hard for a backup who gets no reps through the week to come in there and light it up. But if he does somehow and he plays pretty well, yeah, I think you stick with uh, Josh McCown then. And you work on fixing Carson Wentz because he'll be the quarterback next year, no matter what. He's paying too much money. You know, they cut Jordan Matthews today. I don't know what that means. A lot of people think it's it's leading towards Craven LeBlanc coming back. That's great. It's good to know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'd be in a rush so much to do it yet. Because right now, I mean, oh, we could always use help for sure. But I mean, this team needs offensive help big time. Is there another wide receiver out there? Who? Well, I mean, there's the big name out there, Antonio Brown. I don't, I don't see that happening. I mean, it would be great, sure. But it's disappointing. This is just disappointing. This shouldn't be what's happening. Carson Wentz, I mean, he's broken. He's completely broken. And we're paying him a lot of money. He's going to be the quarterback here for a while. It's completely broken, though. Yes, I'm scared. You should be highly, and I know I had to listen to sports talk radio today. People don't want to be highly cons- You should be highly concerned because if he isn't playing at an elite level because we're paying him elite money, remember this isn't major league baseball. There's a salary cap in the NFL. If he's not playing at an elite level, we're in trouble and it's not just his fault. I mean, really, like I said, if you want to go through the list of faults, this is on this team, he is not number one. He's playing like he's number one right now because he's playing horrible. But Howie Roseman has failed the Eagles at a level I can't even comprehend. And I know I saw today, you know, the preseason roster was good. Who was complaining then? Well, okay. It was good. But there were moves to be made to improve this roster, and Howie Roseman made none. His big move was bringing in Jordan Matthews, who we just cut. Emmanuel Sanders was out there. The Niners made that move, and look at them. He's helping them greatly. Jadavion Clowney, he didn't even play yesterday. Had his best game, though. He has, he has two touchdowns this year. <laughs> but I have to hear people, oh, his numbers aren't all that good. Yeah, his numbers aren't all that good. He's got two touchdowns. It's more than half. That's more than the Eagles scored in the last, what, two games? That's tied? Because if you want to count that garbage touchdown that they got at the end of the Seattle game? Please. 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 I- we're in a really tough spot because here's what's going to happen. The season's still in front of us. I am not one of those people who wants to see it blow up you know, and, and force change. I, you would hope the owner of the team recognizes that things have to change no matter what happens. I mean, I hope you don't get too high on your horse if you go and beat the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Redskins who have six wins combined. And then you come in and you beat Dallas at home. And you win and you win the division and you get in. This isn't one of those things where they got in the playoffs, they deserve another chance. No, they got in the playoffs last year and they got the other chance. And guess what? We fell flat on our face again. That's the one thing that sucks about this. Is, is I'm hoping that what happens these next three weeks, if they do go our way, does not mask the problems. The one thing I'm hoping for is Carson Wentz finds some confidence again. Because if he plays like this, obviously, there's absolutely no guarantee that the Eagles can win these games. They can lose all three if he's playing like this. I mean, New York plays. As, people forget the year we won the Super Bowl, New York gave us two of the hardest games we had all season. They won two games. So I don't know if why anybody thinks the Giants are a lock. They play us good every single year. Washington had us beat week one with our full complement of players. You think that's a walk? The Dolphins are playing with heart now. You think that's a walk? I don't. I sure as hell don't. Las Vegas doesn't think it's a walk. This is like the lowest spread that the Dolphins have had in a while. And rightfully so. They're walk- Those three teams are coming in this game going, man, we can beat the Eagles. They can't score. Their defensive linemen are getting excited because they're thinking, this is ways to get more money. We're going to get some sacks. They can't block. Their cornerbacks are looking and going, man, we'll be able to show pro football focus numbers about this game because their wide receivers can't catch. Fingers crossed. Things change. GM issue. Coach issue. Quarterback big issue. Thank you for listening to the new norm. Oh, and, and wait, you know what? Before I completely sign off, I do want to mention this whole benching idea of Carson Wentz. Um, Last season, he was benched. I know we'll say it was his back injury. Oh, man, he was hurt. No, he was benched. He was absolutely benched. They could say they found this back thing. To me, he was never put on IR. Remember, he was never, ever put on IR. IR. Remember we had the scare in the Washington game to end the season when Foles had to come out? If he was hurt, what would happen? Who would go in at quarterback? That Carson Wentz was still listed as an option because he was never put on IR. If his back was so hurt, why was he not put on injured reserve? I truthfully think there was a problem. I think he was injured, but I don't think he was injured to the fact that he couldn't play anymore. He was benched. And guess what? It didn't send a message because it was a cover up. They used an excuse. They didn't bench the player. They they made a reason to bench him. And again, I'm not even sure he was aware that, you know, that this was essentially a benching. I think he was told, "You're back, sir. You're out." But truthfully, when you read between the lines, he was benched. They put Nick Foles in And we won. We started winning games again because he was a big problem. This time, though, if they're going to bench the quarterback, I just want this known. If you're going to bench the quarterback, you have to tell everybody he was benched because of the way he was playing. You have to send the message then. I hope to God this doesn't happen I hope he doesn't need to be benched I'm hoping he finds himself And he plays well against Washington But a quarterback with confidence issues And already has accuracy issues It's concerning Remember Hey, remember that Brown scout Who said they didn't believe That you know Carson Wentz would be a top 20 quarterback And we laughed at him two years ago Because it was idiotic And they were dead wrong Who's laughing now? Carson Wentz playing like a top twenty quarterback. It's not good. It's just not good. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want him to get better. We could blame a lot of people for Carson Wentz's problems, but Carson Wentz is to blame number one. Remember, he didn't like getting coached hard. John D. Filippo and him didn't get along. He didn't it, it was known. He it wasn't his favorite. It wasn't his cup of tea the way he was being coached, but they got the most out of him. And another thing, too, if the Cowboys really do want to move on from Jason Garrett at the end of the year, the Eagles would be absolutely foolish to not look into trying to get him to become the new offensive coordinator if they are going to replace Mike Grohl, which I believe they will. That to me would be a great move. And I know people don't think that. They think, oh, Garrett, Garrett. No, 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 no. Listen, like I've said, what my idea about Matt Nagy, it'll be the same with Jason Garrett. They need to bring somebody in here with clout that can get in Peterson's face. Somebody outside of the room. They need new voices. He needs new voices in his ear. He doesn't need puppets. Doug can be a great coach. You know how I know that? We won a Super Bowl on him. But he had people in his ear that weren't afraid to tell him where to go and how to get there. And he listened to him. The staff now no longer does. This time... I'm just hoping this time we find magic in a bottle for the third straight year. Because, hey, if we get in the playoffs, remember this year we'll get a, oh, it, you'll have to get and win in the division because you can't get a wild card anymore. But it will be, essentially, you're getting a home playoff game. And anything's possible. You get into a playoff game with a team. When you have, you know, the Eagles have experience. The, the, these moments shouldn't get them. It gets the quarterback. He has no experience, so that's concerning because he's never played in a playoff game. But hey, if you get in, anything's possible. That's why I am still believing that we can get to the playoffs. I'm hoping things can get fixed. But it starts with the quarterback. And if you have to send the message of benching him, this time, don't cover it up. Don't say he's hurt. Don't say his, I know his hand's hurt. I don't want to hear he had to be pulled because of his hand. No, no. That's not the message. If he has to come out, he comes out because Carson Wentz failed. And he needed to come out. That's the message. Thank you for listening to The Noonan Arm. Fly, Eagles, fly.